Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We are so glad you're with us. We're a Bible-based church from Ontario, Canada, and together we're on a mission to reach people far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Him. In today's episode, we've got our executive pastor, Todd Cook, delivering a message on patience. His title is called Patience with Purpose. And you know, sometimes it feels like time is racing past so fast that it almost seems like a blur. And at other times, especially when we're waiting for something from God, time can go so painfully slow. In today's episode, we'll look at David's journey from a teen shepherd boy to the king of Israel and examine how we can have patience with purpose as we wait for our next step that God has prepared for us. With that, let's turn it over to Todd and his message, Patience with Purpose. Time is a fascinating thing. I think for most of us, we watch the time, we try and track time, we will grasp time. There's times where we waste time, and there are other times when we just can't get enough of it. To me, the universal symbol of time is this. And I don't know if it is just my vintage or my age or the fact that I had Windows 95. But I remember watching this was actually not a great feeling. It meant you had to wait. You were clicking on an application or a program and you just wanted to get started on it. But oftentimes you would just see this. And I think there were some versions where it would actually flip as you're going, which doesn't make sense because it means the time is never going to run out. See, sometimes in life, I think we find that time just goes so quickly. If you're dreading a commitment, like you have to do a presentation for work or have to have a project ready for school, the time goes so fast. Uh, What I've realized as I've got older, especially with my kids, is it is very true that the days can be long, but the years are short. I have my oldest in university, my second born is graduating high school this year, and my youngest of four kids is about to enter high school next year. I can't believe how fast that that time has gone. But there are other times that time seems to go so slow. I don't know about you, but for me, the time went so slow, very similar to this little tiny stream of sand when I was in grade five and in French class. It just went so long. I could not stand being in that class. Or what about if you're getting ready to go on vacation? It's Friday. It's 2.13. You look at your watch. You're like, 2.13. Just got to make it to five o'clock. You put in an extra two hours of work and you're thinking, we must be close to 4.30. I can start winding things down now. You look at your watch and it's 2.27. You're like, how can this be? Sometimes time just goes so slowly. And I think in our culture, we don't have a lot of patience for waiting, do we? Waiting till the end of the day. I know there's some people right now, Thanksgiving was last weekend, you already can't wait to get your Christmas decorations up and get that Christmas music going. And everyone around you is not very happy about that. But you can't wait. We can't wait maybe for a wedding day, for the birth of a child. I remember that being such a long wait. I was clearly not the one carrying the child, but still the excitement was there and it felt like it was going so slow. Now there's other more somber things. You might be waiting for a medical test that you're really anxious about. Maybe you're waiting in an emergency department uh, waiting room. You could be waiting in an airport. We don't like to wait in our culture. 
And as Christians, I don't think it's any different. Even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, maybe you just believe in God. But the whole idea of waiting on God is not too different. Waiting for an answer to prayer. Waiting for God to provide the right spouse, the right job, the right situation for me. I know I've talked to many people and I've been in the middle of it when you're waiting for a healing. You're like, God, why am I waiting so long for healing? The thing is, when we're waiting like this, we're waiting on a God that we cannot see. We cannot audibly hear and we surely cannot control. But we're doing our very best to trust God. Have you ever been there? I know I've been there many times. Waiting on God can be challenging But so much good can come in and through it. And maybe you felt similar to what Isaiah writes in chapter 40. He is writing about a Jewish people that are they're going to be in exile in the future. And they're going to be stuck in a country that is not their home for a lot of years. And there is going to be so much waiting involved. And in verse 27 of chapter 40, he says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my cause is disregarded by my God? It's like he's saying, where are you, God, in my waiting? Where are you? This morning, I want to discuss what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do when we're waiting on God. Waiting is not only a common experience in life, but in faith. In fact, Jesus, Jesus himself had to wait so much of his life. Like Jesus did not crawl out of the nativity scene and start healing people and preaching to people. That's not how it worked. He waited 30 years years, 30 years to start his ministry. He waited 40 days in the wilderness, praying and and being tempted by the devil. I think towards the end of Jesus' life, he knew what was coming. He knew that the time was almost up. He was about to be betrayed. So what did he do? He spent time waiting and praying in a garden. He says to his disciples, can you just wait with me, watch and pray? And of course, they did not. But Jesus still had to wait. The difference between Jesus and me, and maybe Jesus and you, well, let's be honest, there's a lot of differences. But the one difference I can think of when it comes to waiting is Jesus knew that God's timing was always perfect. And I do my best to believe it. And there are days where it's really hard to believe it. And honestly, even the thought of knowing that God has a perfect plan and perfect timing, it's always hard to believe in the moment. Another uh, great example of multiple seasons of waiting is the story of King David and how he became king. The the setup to the story, the context is that the uh, Jewish people wanted a king and, and God did not want a king for them, but they wanted a king so badly. So Saul was chosen as king. But it didn't take too long, and in 1 Samuel 15 we read that because of Saul's disobedience, rebellion, and pride, He was going to be removed as king. It actually said that the Lord regretted making Saul king. And where we're going to pick up is in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, where the prophet Samuel goes to Bethlehem to visit uh, the house of Jesse. uh, And God had told him that one of his sons was going to be king. So starting in verse 1, it says this, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And the next verses after this, Samuel's like, "Well, Well, God, I think you're overlooking one 
thing. Uh, Saul's still alive. He's still here, and he's still king. But God says, no, I want you to anoint a new king. So in verse 6, we pick this up. And it says, And when they came, he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or his height or his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping sheep. Which I just find funny, because I am the oldest of three kids. Uh, And I would say Chad and I are always convinced that Dan, being the youngest, is the golden child. He's always convinced that he has been... um, forgotten about and it's funny reading this story that jesse knows this is prophet of god is coming this is a really big moment for the family and the youngest isn't even invited and samuel said to jesse send and get him for we will not sit down till he comes here and he sent and brought him in now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome and the lord said arise anoint him for this is he then samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Did David occupy the throne as king immediately? No, he absolutely did not. It's almost like you read that story and like that would just be too easy. But this anointing, it marks a divine selection as David as a future king. However, the path to the throne was far from easy. There was going to be a lot of waiting. In fact, the waiting was just beginning. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of the book of 1 Samuel. There's many chapters, and you can go through them this week if you choose. But what we'll see is what David did in the waiting. See, David was a shepherd, which is where he was when we picked up this story. He was also a musician. He actually played in King Saul's court when when Saul needed to be comforted. And then, of course, there was his showdown with this giant named Goliath in which he had victory. And then there was multiple other military victories. David still wasn't king. This is years and years going by, and he still wasn't king. Through the midst of this, he was developing a close uh, friendship with Saul's son, Jonathan, and he married one of Saul's daughters. All of this while he was waiting. And as David's fame grew and people started celebrating him, even though He wasn't king yet. Saul started to get jealous to the point where he was trying to kill David. And then David was a fugitive. He was a fugitive in his own country, running away from his own king. And he actually, in those times, had a couple opportunities to take matters into his own hands. Maybe maybe you would say he had waited so long, he was trying to find a way to tilt this Uh, hourglass and make the time go faster he could have killed Saul and became king but he chose not to he chose to wait now because he was still waiting waiting on a destination waiting for his time to end it didn't mean that David stopped growing and I think that is key see David had patience but he had it with purpose all the days well David must have been thinking I should be the king right now 
Instead, he chose to wait. He chose to have patience with purpose. Have you ever been in a situation like this? Where you've waited so long. It feels like you've been waiting too long. It's interesting to think of what your responses would be and what my response is when that happens. See, through the Psalms, we get incredible insights about how David handled this. It's actually pretty incredible as you go through, you see the ups and you see the downs. And you know, David had to wait. He actually had to wait 15 years, 15 years just to become king of Judah. It was actually 22 years before he was a king of a united kingdom of Israel. Maybe like David, we feel like it's unfair. We feel like we're just looking at the hourglass. And time is going way too slowly. And we're like, this doesn't make sense. God, you must be mistaken. But you know, God is always working in the waiting. When, it, when time feels like it's being wasted or it's standing still, God is waiting. We need to have patience with purpose. So what are we supposed to do while we wait? Well, an example of extreme waiting would be, there was a season in my life, I worked for Telos, but I worked in the Peterborough Regional Health Center. And I was managing um, the patient system for their phones and TV and internet. But when we put it in between Telos and the hospital, it was a pretty old system that was put in there. So it needed a lot of maintenance fairly often. And I would have to do upgrades at least a couple times a year. Now, I couldn't just do them in the middle of the day. I'd have to do them at night usually after midnight. I would do the upgrade. It would take just a couple minutes to give it the new features that it needed to function properly. But then it would be somewhere between four and six hours before all of those units would reboot and come up. There was always issues. Luckily, only once there was major issues. But that was four to six hours of waiting. Painful waiting, because you know at the end of it, you just want to go home, but there was a chance that there was going to be issues. So much waiting. And sometimes it would feel like I would be sitting in that server room upstairs in the hospital. I would be feeling like I am wasting so much time. And I feel like in life we can feel like that at times, that we are wasting so much time. When I, when I look at my life, I look at uh, myself at the age of 15 when I really decided to put my faith in Jesus for real. And I joined a student uh, leadership team and I started to become really involved. And some of that was really fun. Some of it was sitting through some really boring talks. But you know, God was preparing me for what was next. See, after I did that, I didn't know when full-time ministry was going to happen for me. I knew it would be a, a season of my life. Uh, But it wasn't right then. So I went to Fleming College, and I spent two long years studying for something that I didn't really want to do. I wasn't really that interested. So much waiting, but it was preparing me for a career at TELUS. Then it was six and a half years that I commuted to Toronto every day. And that was painful. Waiting in traffic is the worst kind of waiting. But it was also a long wait for what did God have for me next? Why am I wasting so much time in a car every day? All the while, Carolyn and I, for eight years, were leading a youth ministry at a different church. In this time, I learned to lead, to lead people, to pastor. I was learning so much, but I was waiting And it felt painful at times, not only the waiting, but the mistakes I was making along the way. See, soon my job at TELUS led me to a point where I was in Peterborough. I was so excited, still working for TELUS at the Peterborough Regional Health Center. That's where I was when I did that upgrade. And I would spend hours and hours fixing equipment, but there was something else that was happening. 
There, there was some purpose to this patience. I would literally be in the room of patience for sometimes 40, 50 minutes, maybe an hour, and I would learn to talk to them. Hear about their complaints at first because something wasn't working. But then I'd hear their stories. I'd hear their struggles. I'd hear about their families. See, what I was learning there, I was learning to listen, which is a skill as a pastor that comes in handy. God was preparing me all the way through. Sometimes in life we might be thinking, what am I supposed to do as I wait? It feels like I'm wasting time, but we don't want to waste that waiting. We want to have patience with purpose. So what do we do when we wait? I look at David. He waited 15 years even to become sort of a king. For us, if we wait 15 minutes at a fast food place, we're really frustrated. But what are some of the common responses? I was just thinking for myself. Maybe you're a little bit different, but I'm I'm sure some of these will make sense to you. I know when I wait, one of the common um, experiences I have is I have fear or anxiety. Whether it's a fear of missing out or or fear that I'm not doing something right or fear that I'm not going to quite get there. Or maybe for you, it might be impatience. You just try and make things happen, right? We all do this at times. We try and force things that aren't quite ready yet. I can remember when I was, um, Carolyn and I were just fairly newly married, and we were living on McGill Street, and our neighbor got a surround sound system for his TV. And I didn't know I wanted or needed a surround system, or a surround sound system, but as soon as he got one, I knew I needed it. I looked at my bank account. It told me I was not ready for it. But I found a way with a credit card to get this thing because I was so impatient. I couldn't wait the few months it would have taken to save up for this thing. And that led to a lot of poor decisions for a couple of years when it came to credit cards. Sometimes it's so hard to wait. Sometimes in the waiting, I get frustrated. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But a big part of that is control. And I don't know if you have troubles with control, but I know I do sometimes. In fact, just two weeks ago, Carolyn and I were driving together. And we're driving on the parkway. I'm getting ready to turn left onto the 115. And it was a warm day. I had the air conditioner on, but I didn't have it too high. I was comfortable. We're getting ready to turn on the 115. And she cracks the window open, which I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. We'll just turn the AC up. We don't have to open the window because then it's going to be loud. And there's that whole thing of if you open one window, the air can only go in and out one area. And there's the weird pressure thing with your ears. So I'd have to open my window. And I'm like, this is just dumb. So I used my controls and I wound her window up. To which I'm like, you can just turn the air conditioner on. She's like, I want my window down. So she puts it back down. And then I was like, you know what? That doesn't make sense. So I make it so her window goes up and I lock it. That didn't go well. That control that I wanted in that situation made for a very uncomfortable ride the rest of the way home. But I think in life, sometimes we get frustrated because we can't control the time and we have to wait so much. I think some of the other uh, ways that we handle waiting that isn't so great is we get restless and we have our doubts. We wonder, where is God? Kind of like in that scripture in Isaiah, God, where are you? I can't even see you right now. Many of us had extreme experiences of waiting as COVID came into the scene in March of 2020. And now I recognize there are healthcare workers listening to this are like, there was no waiting. There was no free time because you were working around the clock. And thank you for doing that. 
But for others, even if you were deemed an essential service, you worked all day, but all the extracurriculars were gone. And, and so people learned different ways to use their time in the waiting. There was a large group of people that discovered that you can just watch YouTube videos and do home renovations. Now, I don't know if there's been a lot of electrical fires since that happened, but I know so many people did their own renovations during COVID. You watch the number of people that were walking and jogging throughout the city. Maybe I just didn't notice them before, but they were everywhere. Camping all of a sudden became a way to fill people's time. You couldn't get a campsite. You couldn't buy a trailer. In fact, our very own Mish Stillman, she was getting bored with all the waiting that happened in COVID. And, and I have a screenshot of her right now. She actually started this YouTube channel. We found it way after. But in one of them, she actually made her own homemade bagpipes. And she is playing these homemade bagpipes in her video. I don't know. I feel like maybe there's times where we've waited a little bit too long. I know many people had different things they did in the waiting of COVID. For me, I actually started investing in the stock market. I actually started in 2018 and I dabbled a little bit in it. But then I found myself with this time, the podcasts I listened to were all about investing and dissecting a balance sheet. I started reading books like a random walk down Wall Street that the 15-year-old version of myself would have been like, what on earth are you reading But I had so much time, and I was using that time, I was using that waiting to learn all I could about investing. Now, I'm not going to give any investment advice because I am not qualified at all. But I do know there's one thing that I have learned has been a pretty consistent theme. It is important that when you invest money that you would wait. The worst thing that you can do is to be buying and selling quickly, trying to time the market, trying to guess uh, which stock is going to be best. You have to wait. And it seems that is just a theme through every aspect of life and of faith. See, in in scriptures, I talked about uh, King David and how he had to wait. But if you go through the scriptures, we see Abraham and Sarah. We see Noah building a big boat while no one's seen rain before. And he was waiting for years. I see the 400 years between the last prophet of the Old Testament and Jesus being born. I see Jesus dying on a cross, rising again and then ascending to heaven. But before he does, he says to his disciples, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. I can imagine them all waiting in that upper room and it's probably four hours in and they're checking their watches and they're like, what is happening here? I I, I think it's time. Jesus told us to wait. Why are we still waiting? Why is the time going so slowly? And it was actually 10 days that they waited. And even now we wait with anticipation for Jesus' return. I look at David's story. How did he have patience with purpose? What happened to David? Well, he waited. Well, David waited. He was serving his father in the fields. He was serving Saul in battle and as a musician. He was investing in friendships and relationships. He wrote through many of the Psalms that we read today. He escaped capture and death. He lived with extreme honor to the point where he even tried to reconcile with the man that was trying to kill him. What can we do while we're waiting? So we're not wasting the waiting so that we can find purpose in our passion. I think the first thing we can do and going a bit with this investment theme is we can invest in our character. David did that and we get a glimpse of it throughout the Psalms. But this can be very simple. It might be reading some things that will challenge you. But at the end of the day, it comes doing those things that maybe a lot of people don't see. It means keeping your promises, learn to forgive, be kind to people that you don't know. It means doing the right thing for the right reasons when nobody's looking. 
oftentimes I find that God will do something in us before he will do something through us. God will do something in us before he does something through us. Let's not waste the waiting. Let's have purpose in our patience. Number two would be invest in our skills and abilities and knowledge. David had to do this. He had to learn to play an instrument before he could play it in front of Saul. He was learning to defend his sheep from lions and bears, which prepared him uh, for some bigger battles he was going to have in his life. He was learning leadership as he led armies. What skills can you and I work on today? In the middle of our waiting, I think back to the hospital, those times where I thought I was just fixing equipment, but really I was learning to listen. I was learning a skill. Uh, We need to invest in relationships. Number three, David did this. Those relationships ended up saving his life multiple times. I think it's so important for us to invest in relationships, not just in times of crisis, not just in good times, but all the time, making small deposits in the relationships around us. We need to invest in others, not just friends, but people that maybe we'll never see again. See, David did this. He fought for people that he would probably never meet. When he fought Goliath, he was fighting for a whole nation. And there's times where we have an opportunity to serve and to give to people we may never know. And I think that's something that's so important for us to do as we wait. And then we need to invest in our faith and our spiritual growth. See, God was David's landing point throughout. As you read through the Psalms, you see that David in one moment is like, God, where are you? But he always lands on the fact that God is so faithful. In fact, the reason that Psalms is so interesting, it is a very personal hymnal, a journal that David used. And maybe that's something we need to do. Maybe having a journal or or reading the Bible or spending time in prayer, investing in our spiritual growth in those times of waiting is something that we need to do. You know, there's going to be moments that are difficult and there's going to be moments that are great, but we need to be consistently connecting with God and investing in that relationship. This is where we make room for God in the pain of the wait, which is how it feels sometimes. These are all things that we can do as we wait. I'm not talking about forcing our will or our way. I'm talking about patience with purpose. And you know, and I know that waiting is hard. It's so tempting to waste the waiting with apathy and self-pity, anger with a sprinkling of Netflix. It's so easy to do that. But if we embrace the waiting, if we have patience with purpose, we won't waste that waiting. Now, I read that scripture in Isaiah And it was Isaiah 40. And I just want to read the few verses after. So it said, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths faint and be weary, and young men fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, and they shall not faint. You know, there are days where I absolutely need that. Those who wait on the Lord will renew your strength. There have been times in my life, even recently, where I feel like I'm waiting on an answer from God. I'm waiting for God to intervene. And it doesn't seem like He is. But I know and I love that I can read this psalm and know that I can trust God, that He will be my strength when I have none left. I look at David's life. His early days as a shepherd, they prepared him for Goliath. 
And Goliath prepared him for other battles. And those battles prepared him to be a fugitive. And all of these things, in the waiting, in over 20 years of waiting, prepared him to be the king that God had intended him to be. See, waiting is often not fun. It might feel like we're wasting time, but we need to trust that God is preparing us for what is next as we wait. It's easy to say. It's really difficult to live out. As I close, I just want to read two different Psalms. One of them was actually written by David and one not. The first one is this in Psalm 62, verse 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in the Lord at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Again, easy to read, hard to do. To put our trust in God as we wait. The other verse that has been one that I've known for a long time, and many of you will know, I know it hangs in my parents' house. It's actually just the first part of Psalm 4610. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I don't know about you, but I find it way easier to be busy and doubt that He is God. Find the holes in the reasoning, why are you doing this, God? But it says, be still and know that I am God. And in the waiting, we can know that God is working as we let Him. And and honestly, if we get to that point where we can rest in that, we can change that waiting from painful to one of anticipation. This morning, I pray that you will find hope in the waiting. Hope of what is to come. Hope that God has not abandoned you. Hope that you are not alone. Hope in salvation. Maybe you've been waiting for a sign from God before you put your faith and trust fully in Him. And I would think God would say to you today that He's been chasing you your entire life. You don't need another sign from Him. You just need to choose to put your faith and your trust in Him. He's been waiting for you, is the truth, to make that decision. Waiting is not our favorite thing. But it's inevitable in this life. It is inevitable in our faith. Let us not waste the waiting. Let us have patience with purpose. And as we put the work in, and as we put the time in through waiting, we can be assured that God is with us every step of the way. God, we thank you so much uh, for your consistent and faithful love for us, God. There's so many times in life that we feel like we're waiting and we do not want to be waiting. Everything in us does not want to be waiting. God, we want the answer. We want the healing. We want to get to that next level of our job, to get to the next level of our relationship. God, I just pray that you would help us to put our trust in you, God. And we thank you for your ever-faithful love. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining. Please stay connected with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Pathway Church PTBO. Hey, God is at work in this world, and we feel so blessed that we get to be a part of what He is doing. Have a great day wherever you're at, and we hope to see you soon.